Martinez sees the opportunity <laughs> and he confronts him. Martinez doesn't like this to see what Mopai's done. <laughs> All hell breaks loose. I mean, this is this is just Emmy Ball now, but the beauty of this whole narrative of the season, this is Emmy Ball, but we know that this is not Emery Ball. <laughs> Poor Emery gets a yellow card trying to calm Martinez. Emery doesn't want this. He wants the boy to turn over the ball. Would you want to bet against this? Against this? That morning sky gave me a look. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. In the much maligned fifth installment of the Rocky franchise. The harshly maligned Rocky V, I should say, we see, we see what you would call another way of winning in a move showing no class whatsoever. Typical of Tommy Gunn, typical of Tommy the Machine Gun. He storms into the bar at the end of the film, and he, you know, Rocky is there minding his own business, and Tommy confronts him, insults him, he calls him out, and Rocky showed. Like Aston Villa, you might say, he too has a line that if you cross it, he will be ready to go. (laughs) He didn't so much say, all right, if you want to scrap, let's scrap. But he did stand up and say, let's go. George Washington Duke, you might call him Sky Sports in this analogy, (laughs) intervenes. Somebody think of the money. He says, Tommy Gunn only fights in the ring. And what does Rocky say back to him, Liam? He says... My ring's outside. <laughs> and they go outside and they get it on. Because sometimes, sometimes they restore your honour in this world. A bit of street fighting can come in handy. Rocky knew that. Aston Villa know that. Sometimes you have to stand your ground. Sometimes you have to find another way of winning. Yeah, sometimes you do. And luckily for us, Tommy the Cunt Frank shot himself at the fall of the <laughs> the thought of playing against the Villa and all he could think to do was to clog it up I mean that was the tactical equivalent of eating half a dozen scotch eggs but he can't he can't keep it locked up forever Conan it's gonna come out eventually and it's gonna be fucking disgusting and what a crowd of dirty little shits that Brentford team is like and the the worst the worst thing for Frank has to be that Villa were in fact shit all afternoon. Like we were there for the taking, and when he's sitting crying on his toilet bowl later, I hope that's that's what he's thinking. Like I cannot believe I sent my team out this afternoon to complete one pass every fucking thirty seconds. Utterly pathetic from them, and I can't remember. A, an Aston Villa team winning a game that they played so poorly in and it couldn't have happened to a nicer comp and it was all <laughs> Thomas Frank's fault Nick on Twitter said Brentford are just stoke with a cooler manager <laughs> <laughs> honestly sometimes they're not far from it I I, I know they're missing Bumu. I, I know even Tony's been out but they're probably going to lose him anyway now in January that was just uninspiring and, and the worst thing about it was that I was watching this match thinking I think I've spent 40% of my life watching Villa trail to Brentford and Wolves. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a really tough slog as well. And I, I was actually thinking, I got so bored and I started drifting away and I was thinking, how the fuck am I going to talk about this for an hour in half an hour's time? Is that as <laughs> impossible? There's not going to be anything to talk about. I can't just talk about Thomas Frank being a cunt for an hour. I mean, I'd love to do that, but I don't think anybody else wants to listen to it. 
Well, you're right, though, to mention those words, because, you know, on another day, on another podcast, in another season, I would jump to the defense of Thomas Frank. You know, I rep Thomas Frank sometimes, but I have to tell you, you didn't impress me today. Let's jump to the Ben Me red card, because whatever Thomas Frank was complaining about, it seemed directly correlated with the Ben Me decision. And if he's complaining about Ben Me getting sent off for that, he either didn't see it, or he is the biggest scumbag on earth. It's it's it was absolutely insane. I think Paul pointed out on Twitter about his chewing gum, and then it came all over my radar then as well. I mean, Thomas Frank chews his gum like someone doing a really bad acting job, you know. So he, there he is, gives out about Ben Me like the most textbook disgusting challenge you can see, and Thomas Frank then you know complains about it, and then proceeds to chew his gum even harder again. So it's 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 like if you told me if you, if you told me in acting class, act like you're chewing gum. That's what I would do, <laughs> or if I was pretending to, you know, be aloof in some in some scene, I'd be a really bad actor. Obviously, I'd be chewing the gum that way to show everybody I'm chewing it, and he is doing it that way, and I do not know why he's doing it. Yeah, like the, the Thomas Frank's reaction is absolutely pathetic. I don't care what Paco or what Una have done on the bench. Sometimes you have to have a bit of humility. Sometimes all you can say is, I know, I know, I'm sorry. Obviously, Ben shouldn't have done that. Just go look at your fucking tablet and take your fucking medicine. Like the, the only reason, the only reason Leon Bailey's leg hasn't been broken is because Ben Me is a useless cunt. Ben <laughs> Me can't even be a scumbag properly. Unbelievable that Thomas Frank thought he had any leg to stand on there, and he, we're very fucking lucky that Leon Bailey still has two legs to stand on. The commentator said, and I assume he got it wrong. First time in over ten years, Ben Me has seen a red card. <laughs> well, fucking maybe David Coote was fucking referee in every one of his games. Like D- David, David Coote not giving it. What a fucking surprise! Like the, David Coote looks like a geography teacher who's been sent out to tell the Dublin Riders to calm down. Talk about being lost. Talk about being in the wrong place. I mean, this isn't the career for David Coote. Fuck me. Ben Mee has gone sprinting past him. All he could have seen there was a blur, and maybe that's what it was. Ben Mee was moving too fast for David Coote's little mind to process what was actually happening there as he was flying through Leon Bailey's legs. Mm, David Coote wasn't good, again. And I don't mean that from a <laughs> screwing Aston Villa over point of view. Sometimes he gave Villa some really generous decisions. He's just D- David Coote gets overwhelmed quite often, and for somebody refereeing at the top level of football, it's really bizarre. Let's talk about the goals. There were three in this game. Had to come from behind again, and we did the adversity that we once scoffed that they didn't have. They have it now. They have it in spades. But the first goal, oh my Christ! <laughs> <laughs> it all starts. Pau Torres gets a ball cut out. And it's a quick free. And Diego Carlos is away chasing. He's chasing Visa. And I think he's done a bit too easily. Visa just turns inside and shoots. It's a terrible shot. Deflects off Torres. Goes out for a corner. And, you know. Well, actually, I was going to say, you know what happens then when we've got a corner to defend. We actually defended this corner. This corner was defended successfully. And I do not know what Alex Moreno was doing. This should have been the most infuriating thing that ever happened in all these players' careers. He fell asleep if it happened at under 14 level. You would be you would be disgusted. It was really, really bad by any metric from Alex Moreno. Just 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 move towards the ball or move your foot quicker. Wake up, you're in the box. The game is going on. It's a corner. How many more? Like what what do you need to wake up here? 
It's like the Premier League match has started and it's a corner that you're defending and you've got one man behind you. Just move towards the ball that's coming towards you. The, the worst thing about this goal is that Alex Moreno looks at his man. He knows exactly where Lewis Potter is. I, I assume he knows where he himself is as well. On a fucking football pitch in the Premier League against a Brentford team who at the minute have nothing except bluster. That's all they've got. And I didn't need to say, to give you those last two clauses, Conan. He's on a fucking football pitch. It was absolutely <laughs> pathetic. It's, it's a type of thing I would expect to see a Man United player do. Like, how much time does he want? If he goes to the ball, he'll actually have a lot more time, by the way. Like, why, why does he want to hook the ball over his shoulder? Like, why, after giving himself a fucking age to make up his mind, does he still think that this is it? I've got it. I'll stand in the middle of my box, in the middle of a game of football, and do some fucking hamstring activations. Insane. <laughs> Maybe if I stretch towards it, I might get... Oh, shit, there's somebody behind me. Uh, he's behind you, Panto season. A terrible, terrible stuff from Alex Moreno. But then Leon Bailey comes onto the pitch and everything is better. Leon Bailey comes onto the pitch. Now we got a red card for Ben Mee that helped us assert a bit more dominance. I think we were on top, but it, it just established how the rest of the game is going to go. We're going to pin them in and and just play from there. I think the beauty of it is, uh, this is this is really credit to this Aston Villa team. I think when, once the red card happened... I, I almost expected Villa to go and score two goals. And even though there wasn't that much time left, it was like, wow. Once I look back now in hindsight, I'm thinking, geez, this is a team that I obviously really enjoy watching. I've got a lot of expectation for. And Leon Bailey comes on and everything he touches turns to goals. Well, (laughs) we can talk about how he almost took that literally later on in the game. But it's such it's such a good ball and it's a, it's a good run from Alex Moreno and it's a good header. Talk about talking about dragging yourself back up the Vimin meter. This is what it's about. You like the the whole time Villa were behind in that second half. I was like, I can't believe this is the goal that we're behind to. And Alex Moreno steps up. Yeah, it's it's absolutely delicious from Bailey. What a what a pick out. I mean, you can see the overload at the back post. And like I've always said, Alex Moreno doesn't miss there five from there five times in a row. <laughs> and can you believe it? Can you believe it? The second goal. A corner. <laughs> <laughs> Our first of the season turns out we just needed your man, JJ, on taking these corners. <laughs> He did put a lovely one in, in the first half as well that we're going to talk about in the Rossenthal Award. But he put it into the same man. This time, this time, Kamara decides to flick it on and it is the most delicious flick on that you'll ever see. And Watkins puts the header away. There's a few things to talk about here. We'll come back to the celebration. Can I pull forward a WhatsApp wins that I have now discarded? But <laughs> I had it in WhatsApp wins. <laughs> it says... Bubakar, this isn't 2005, it's 2015 Arsenal. Put your foot through it. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like the whole time he had a few chances to have a shot or to make something happen and he was flicking the ball around and he was trying to be too clever, trying to walk it in, you might say. And my God, am I happy he did that. The winner, you would say, of the Paul Merson, that was just filthy award, Bubakar Kamara. Yeah, it's a, it's a season. It's a Paul Merson, that was just filthy Flick of the season award. I mean, it was 
Jacob Ramsey's inability to take a corner finally pays dividends. Let's, let's, let's put it like that. Because every other time he just rolled it short, apart from the one he did swing into Kamara, and they're sucked in far too deep. And it is absolutely delightful from Kamara. And Big Ollie Watkins doesn't miss headers from two yards out. <laughs> Another header from Ollie Watkins. <laughs> Always making me like a, look like a mug if he keeps knocking those in from under the crossbar. <laughs> and no non-celebration from Watkins or Kanza. No non-celebration against your old club. Now, how do you think of that? What, these hands on the hips from Ollie Watkins looking into the crowd. Ezra Collins are over saying, yeah, I'm going to get involved in this as well. These are two Aston Villa boys. Yeah, like, why would anybody get irritated at this celebration from these two? I mean, like, that's the game we're all playing here. If, if you call someone a shite, expect them to call you a cunt because you've raised the baseline. But not only that, you're now both trudging through shit. That's the baseline now. You know, if, if Harry Maguire scored in front of me and he didn't didn't give it the big in, I'd be disappointed. Well, maybe not <laughs> Harry Maguire, but if, if, if his ma didn't give me the wanker hand gesture in my face, I'd think it was weird because I've been asking for it. And if you're going to call Ollie Watkins a cunt all game, if he scores, he's going to call you a cunt back. Why the fuck are the Brentford players getting annoyed at him? Yeah, it's always very strange. That, and like uh, Brentford players obviously felt a duty to the fans then to come over and, and pretend like they were they were going to do something about it. And you're not going to do anything when Ezra Kahn's is on the scene. But, <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, you haven't known love until you've seen Watkins and Kahn's celebrating against their old club by giving it to the fans and starting a brawl, basically. <laughs> like these two boys, I just have so much love for them in my heart. But we're going to come back to to the whole flashpoints of the end of the game. We're going to come back to that and watch that point. There were a few other incidents that I want to talk about first. There was a check on Norgard for a stamp on John McGinn. Maybe maybe he just caught him on the way down and got caught behind his heel. It didn't look that good, though. I don't know. I thought it was probably the right decision to let it go. McGinn didn't seem to care anyway. Yeah, like not giving Norgard a red card was the only good decision that David Coots made. I mean, un- like understanding that Norgard is just trying to poke the ball away because he's shite. Like I, I didn't think I didn't think that was the type of thing that David Coots was capable of figuring out. Understanding that Norgard can't even find where the ground is to begin to regain his balance because he's shite. Like I didn't think that was the type of thing that David Coots was capable of figuring out. So fair play to him. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? Right. 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And then there was an all red card. For Bubakar Kamara, I mean, what a tour de force of a game this was from him. Like, he's been involved in just about every single incident that you could think of, and we are going to talk about that in the awards categories, but you got the red card at the end. John McGinn is fuming at him. It's stupid. He pushes someone in the neck. McGinn is really angry, I assume, because he has to play in centre midfield again now. <laughs> and he's really, really pissed off at him. He wants to play for a forward in that number 10 role. It all it all kicked off again. We'll get into more of the specifics, but Martinez and Mopai shouldn't be allowed in the same pitch together. This is it's just a dangerous concoction. <laughs> yeah, like that. It's as soft a red card as you'll ever see. I think it's it's moronic from Kamara. Don't get me wrong, absolutely stupid. But I, I think maybe you want to come back to it. But I think what a lot of people are missing here is that this is exactly what Emmy Martinez is trying to do. Like he's trying to nominate himself for the Emmy Martinez as Ronaldo not hitting it shithouser award. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's dragging Mopai to drag the game into nonsense, and it works. And now all <laughs> the Aston Villa players, all they have to do is stand their ground like Martinez is, and let the Brentford players waste their own time. Let them push and shove you. Let them get yellow cards. Let David Coutts send them all to the fucking yearhead while he was just trying to desperately wait for the bell to ring. So, so for Kamara, so for Kamara to raise his hand. Remember, this is a game we're winning. There's a game that we're in the lead in. There's absolutely no need for it. I don't know why he's freaked out so much there. We've gotten what we wanted. We've gotten what Emmy Martinez wanted. Just see it out. Yeah, it's like Eight Mile, the film when Bonnie Rabbit's crew are having a bit of a scrap with the free world members and Cheddar Bob just out of nowhere pulls out a gun and everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? We were all just having a bit of crack here, like beating the shit out of each other. Why do you have a gun? You just escalated it for no reason. We all knew what we were doing. You obviously didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll come back with WhatsApp winches. A few fines before we go anywhere. A lot of people find and touch in this game. I mean, it's very simple. Just keep the ball within the two sidelines and you will keep your week's wages. Jacob Ramsey, straight out the, the <laughs> straight out of the traps, early doors. 1-2 of Moreno, just bangs it out of play. Damn Moreno, probably the worst of them all. Like, do you remember Konza had an over he had an overhead cross? Moreno retrieves it on the left hand side and drills it. Absolutely drills it out to the far sideline. Just I don't know what he was thinking. And Kamara just pushed one out past Matt Cash. Very ugly type of pass. And then Konza. Konza let one go out. He dominated out, stepped over the ball, let it go out of play. And completely fucked himself over them for the throw-in because everybody was being marked because they all pushed up. <laughs> Such a strange decision. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this is what this is what I was saying at the top of the show. We didn't play well. We weren't on it. We weren't as slick as we'd like to be. Again, it seemed like there was a lot of tired legs in there. I mean, I say that every time we play in a away game, and there's a lot of, a lot of tired bodies out there. A lot of people didn't seem to be on it. And then fucking three days later, when we're playing at Villa Park, they're all absolutely flying again. <laughs> I only got one 
WhatsApp warnings because I want to get over to this brawl very quickly, very like just after this. But this is a very serious WhatsApp warning. I'm not being dramatic, but having to watch Matt Cash play right wing has ruined everything about this season. <laughs> Sounds like you're being a bit dramatic. <laughs> or it hasn't ruined everything, but it's just it, it's hard to watch it. I, I talked about this before. He can't receive the ball with his back to goal. And that has to happen a lot in that position. We know how good Bailey is, although he, he did balls it up at one stage today when he came on. Mm-hmm. He, like, he's he got this really... It gets in the way all the time. It's obviously, he shoots every time he gets a chance. He annoys people on, on that front. But he, 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 he's running into the forward position so often today. And like if you, just, if you were just watching it, even when Villa were just passing around, I couldn't I couldn't get Matt Cash out, like, out of my eye line. And I was like, what are you doing up there? I was just watching where he was going. He just, he didn't know where he was going. And he has this habit because he's a right back. And it's, it's a very good habit to have as a right back. When he gives, he goes. And, and he will absolutely go. But but he, you need a bit more finesse than that when you're playing against a, a defence as packed as that. And when you're one of the forward players. Like he's playing there instead of John McGinn's or Yuri Tillemans or Leon Bailey. And, and I he passes the ball and he fucking sprints. He sprints into the box. Going, no, nobody's going to give him the ball back. I think he's running into five players. And he just he just doesn't know where to go. And it stands out a mile away. I think you're right. He does, he does run into really, really bad positions. I mean, I'm sure if we could get a mic onto the pitch, there'd be a lot of people shouting, we don't need you in there, Matty. You know, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous where he's going sometimes. I often think as well, Matt Cash is, he doesn't, for someone who plays football most of his waking hours he doesn't really seem to understand what his teammates can do with the ball either and he makes a lot of runs and then puts his hand out and complains whenever the ball doesn't come it's like there is absolutely no way that Ezri Kanza could have found you there there was a player right in front of Kanza you were running behind six other players like that pass isn't even within Lionel Messi's arsenal. Where the fuck are you going and why are you complaining about it? You have to understand sometimes that I have to drop out to the wing here to give me centre half an angle to pass me the ball. Let's go sprinting over the top. Go, come on, come on, play it. Fuck <laughs> me, mate. Like you're not playing work five aside. <laughs> yeah, put my cash back to right back and I'll start falling in love with him again. Just, uh, he's just out of kilter up there. And it, it is, it's obviously just intensified because you know Bailey's waiting to come on and he's probably like he's obviously injured maybe he can't play the whole match but anyway we'll leave it there because I want to I want to get to all these incidents that happened and I've created a category we'll do it here on WhatsApp when you just created a category to cover this the best way we can it's called the Orion Neyland you couldn't look any more guilty if you tried to award <laughs> So we'll just go through some of the incidents that happened towards the end of this match. Some of the players involved. And I don't know. We'll just, we'll just talk about which was the worst. Um, Neil Mopai, to start off with, this is before everything kicked off, but it's just after the, the Ben Mee red card, in fairness. He's looking for a penalty off Kanza. Very soft. They're not as bad as Lewis Potter's, I'd say, on Diego Carlos in the first half. And the commentator was looking at Diego Carlos's elbow into the face. Like, what, are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? Someone had just dipped their head, brushed his arm, and then threw themselves over. Yeah, it was actually very, very good from Diego Carlos to pull his foot back in. And also, not only that, but because he understood who the referee was. He understood how stupid the referee was. So he, he overly dramatically pulled his pulled his left foot back in and was standing there almost like a, a ballerina on his tiptoes to 
emphasize to the referee that he has not touched the forward. Mentioned Watkins and Konza after the Watkins goal. Love that. I mean, that's right in contention for the Emmy Martin as shithousery award. Godos got involved then. Him and Konza got a yellow card. He was just trying to act a big man. A lot of Brentford players were. Somebody was telling Zaniolo to calm down after that. I don't know if you remember. And I was keeping an eye thinking, what what was Zaniolo doing? He came, <laughs> on. he came into this game in a ball of energy. Let's just say that. He was arguing with somebody before he even got on. Somebody from the Brentford coaching staff. And I was looking at him and he was just in his own world after the goal. He was just, he was definitely hyped up. He grabbed the ball. He hammered it into the air. He was just doing his own celebration. But somebody was over telling him to chill out. And I, I expected more when I was looking back at the replays. Yeah. And I, I was not only was I expecting more, I was more more than willing to believe that Danny O had in fact done something absolutely crazy. <laughs> but that bit in the sideline when he's waiting to come on, he does that so well. I mean, talking about actors, Conan, fuck me, that was so good. He just held the ball up above his shoulder while also looking at the, the tablet that Austin McPhee was holding. It was incredible. <laughs> and he drops it, drops the ball, gets pushed in the chest and just ignores the man as if he's done absolutely nothing wrong. Brilliant. Mm. I've got more Zaniolo coming up in the Vyman meter, but uh, the Neil Mopai stuff then begins. So he barges into Emmy Martinez, and it's, it's Jesus, it's it's not very clever of him, you would say. Martinez not very cleverly doesn't realize he's barged into him until a second later, and then he falls down, and David Coote is not interested, but he can't do anything because the keeper is down. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, it's really, really strange for Emmy Martinez not to take advantage of that early. Not that I'm condoning it, like Emmy Martinez died, he's an idiot, I don't know why he's doing that, it's really frustrating to watch, but I'm just saying it's strange that Emmy Martinez, that it took his brain so long to process that, I mean, that's his absolute bread and butter. I would have thought Neil Mopai running into Emmy Martinez would have had Emmy Martinez flinging himself against the post and calling for an ambulance. <laughs> and then Martinez doesn't even barge into Mopai, he does give him a little nudge. And Mupai goes down anyway, and like the, the, the funny thing about this is they're behind, like you're the yeah. wrong person to be going down. I think this tells you everything you need to know about Neil Mupai. Not that anybody needed any further evidence that Neil Mupai is an idiot, but what are you playing at, mate? Why are you wasting time here? Insane stuff. And then you talked about it there. Martinez sees the opportunity <laughs> and he confronts him. Martinez doesn't like this to see what Mupai's done, picks him up. <laughs> <laughs> picks him up all hell breaks this i mean this is this is just emmy ball now but this is the this is the beauty of this whole narrative of the season this is emmy ball but we know that this is not emery ball <laughs> poor, poor emery gets a yellow card trying to calm martin as emery doesn't want this he wants the boy playing over the ball he, we've, we've heard him before he wants him playing with bravery he wants him getting back on the ball pushing the back down the pitch he doesn't want to be involved in this clown show but i mean we're all on emmy's string when it comes to the 96 minute yeah i see what Emery was booked for all he looked like he was doing to me he was holding Emmy Martinez's chest from behind yeah. like he didn't seem like he was involved in it at all and of course he wasn't involved in it what is that Unai Emery going to go over and fucking butt Neil Mapai? I mean he would only go up my estimation if he did but like that's not what's happening here <laughs> Yarmuluk gets a yellow card in the middle of all this Kamara gets the red card which was silly and like as all this is going on like I mean the, the 20 minutes at the end of this game Nathan Collins is just running around. What is he doing? It's hard to even pin down one thing, but Barry on Twitter got in touch and said, Irish hat off for a moment. 
the absolute state of Nathan Collins. <laughs> it probably puts it perfectly. Yeah, Neil Nathan Collins had run around being a cunt for thirty minutes. That's what that's what he was doing. <laughs> that, that that seemed to be why Nathan Collins was sent onto the pitch. And I'm going to put my Ireland hat back on for a second here because. I've seen Nathan Collins. I've got a season ticket for the Aviva Connell. I don't know if I've ever told you that. I've seen Nathan I've seen Nathan Collins play six or seven times this year in person. And the whole time I was watching Nathan Collins play, what I was thinking is, what has happened to Nathan Collins? Where has he gone? Where does he think his career has gone? Now I know Nathan Collins has been in the shadows watching Ben Mee play. That's what he's been doing. He's been lurking from the sidelines, figuring out how to get into the team ahead of Ben Mee. And the only thing he's thought of was, I'll also be a cunt. Because he stopped being a footballer a long time ago. What in the name of God did he think he was contributing to the world this afternoon? Uh, I don't know. He didn't contribute much by way of helping his team keep that game going the way they wanted it to go. The only other thing to talk about in this Orion Island you couldn't look any more guilty if you tried award. It was Thomas Frank again mentioned him complaining about the Ben Me red card, but having a go at Watkins afterwards, I don't know exactly what he said, obviously, but he seemed to be saying, What, what are you doing? What are you, what, are you, what are you doing giving it to our supporters like that? Watkins is very clearly pointing at somebody. Watkins did talk about somebody afterwards, he was giving him some personal abuse, so it was him that he was directing his. His celebration at for me i liked it when i thought it was a few more brentford fans if i'm being honest but <laughs> but thomas frank didn't seem to like it at all and Watkins was giving him the time to say to him like this is what i was doing and then frank ends up sort of you know go on it basically just waves him on and then john mcginn i actually don't like this from john mcginn who is then going over and, and like for the want of a better word pandering to thomas frank then to explain to him how things got out of hand leave him alone Leave him alone. I know he was a bit of he, he, he was he was decent on Monday Night Football one night. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten the three points. It's all we're here for. Nothing else matters. Head back up the road. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Thomas Frank looked like he knew about football when he was in a room with fucking Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville. Well done. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like Ollie Watkins, like it couldn't have been clear what happened. Ollie Watkins points at the person before he stands there with his hands on his hips and. If someone's calling you a cunt and all you do is stare them down, Ollie Watkins deserves a fucking medal for that. Like, <laughs> let's get real here. It's not like he's done anything that aggressive. He stood in the goal that he's just fucking nutted the ball into with his hands and his hips. Go fuck yeah. yourself if you've got a problem with that. <laughs> Way cooler celebration than Jude Bellingham. I have to say, hands on the hips is better than the hands out. I mean, Andy Vyman already championed the hands out. He's already perfected that. It's not getting any better, Jude, no matter how many times you try it. Hands on the hips. Now that is ice cold. Let's take a breather and we're going to come back with the rest of the award categories after this. Good evening. I wanted to speak directly to our supporters to confirm the transfer of our captain, Jack Greedlish. And now we've been gutted. Organ donors for the rich. Boston's taking our kidneys, Yankees are taking our heart. And to explain the background to this move. It's an unfair game. We offered Jack a new contract to stay at the club. Like this is business as usual. It's not. We agreed to incorporate a so-called release clause into his contract. 
Oh, Billy, that's trouble. Billy, if I may, uh, he certainly has had his problems off the field. Jack finally decided that he would like to go to City. We're trying to solve a problem here, Billy. Not like this, you're not. You're not even looking at the problem. We have planned accordingly. We've got to think different. It was never our intention to replace Jack with one footballer. Guys, we're still trying to replace Gian. I told you we can't do it. We can't do it. Our strategy was to analyze and break down Jack's key attributes. Now, what we might be able to do is recreate him. Recreate him in the aggregate. What? A walk. His creativity, his assists, his goals. That's what we're looking for. And to find these qualities and others in three forward players. Three ball players, three ball players. And in doing so, have also reduced an over-dependency on one brilliant footballer. Add that up and you get... Emiliano Buendia, Leon Bailey, and Danny Ings. They truly are the future. If we try to play like the Yankees in here, we will lose to the Yankees out there. I don't know what that means. Just a very quick McPhee watch before we get going. I mean, we could have had more fun with this, but they did score from a corner today, so maybe we have to roll back. It was one nice corner. There was one very nice corner. It's that, it's that McGinn one on the byline. We have to do that more often. Use his arse for good along the byline. Drill the ball across. He'll roll somebody like he always does. And then he can either pull it back, he can drill it in, or win another corner. It's fine. But then there was one... There's loads of ones that obviously didn't work. We were working a lot short, but one of them was worked short for a Matt Cash left-footed cross. That can't be the that can't be the end goal of the corner. <laughs> That'll be the end of your fucking life if it happens again. <laughs> Let's do the Rosenthal award. I'm still waiting for Moreno to take that shot. <laughs> It's past seven o'clock and I'm still waiting for him to take the shot. I'm waiting for him to get to the ball in our own box from the corner that broke down to him. And I'm waiting for him to also put his foot through the shot that he was... But this was one of the most frustrating Rossdals in a long time, I think. Breakaway, lovely Jacob Ramsey ball. You have to say perfect timing, perfect direction. And I don't know what Moreno was waiting on. The defender actually gave up. The defender gave up trying to close him down. It just took him that long that he eventually ended up in front of him. Yeah, it's it's a lovely ball. It's a lovely ball from Ramsey. Like he, he waits perfectly. Luckily, the defender's more flat-footed than I was at your wedding. And the first touch, the first touch <laughs> from Moreno, it just isn't good enough. Takes him a bit too wide. Get, keeps the ball under his body, and he probably does well to get a shot away at all. But yeah, not not incisive enough. No, he also had one that he sort of created himself by slaloming through, almost like Nathan Collins in his heyday, running through. Running through. <laughs> it was a, a weak right-footed effort, and he had another one that was probably the better of the two chances. Not the better of the three, but it was a corner. Uh, and Diaby drills it into Diego Carlos. Diego Carlos holding boys off in the six-yard box with a ball of his feet. I mean, this is this is a new dimension that I like. Gets it out to Kamara. I'm thinking, get your fucking foot through, Kamara, and he flicks it out to Moreno, <laughs> and Moreno bullens it over. Yeah, it's a lovely routine if every pass was intentional, of course. <laughs> and I, I know, I know your eyes lit up when you saw Diego Carlos hold the ball up and pick out his man. You were sitting there imagining a front three of Watkins, Duran, and Carlos. 
<laughs> you were thinking, you were thinking, if this Emery nonsense doesn't work out, we can go dig up Tony Pulis. I mean, I know he's not dead, but he's he's never tried to feel alive of his football teams or anything to go by. But that's what you were sitting there imagining. <laughs> there's there's a future in this if Real Madrid come calling for Unai. <laughs> Remember the old Christmases we played FIFA and I'd be stoked and I'd put John Walters, Peter Crouch and Ryan Shawcross up front. <laughs> I'd be hitting it up to them, see how you can deal with that. There was the next the next nomination. It was it's it's the Damsgaard one. This comes from a Matt Cash fuck up. I mean it's it's just a simple ball from Diego Carlos. I'd say a good ball down the wing to Matt Cash. He's got time, he's got space, he bundles over the ball in a panic. And then Brentford, Brentford just come down the left and they've got men over because everybody thought that Villa had the ball and they were pushing up and Yanelt sort of pulls it back, not entirely, but it's it still comes the whole way through to Damsgaard and I mean, we've got Matrix Martinez back. <laughs> he is just in the zone these days. And he, he goes early to his left. He's just reading his... I mean, Martinez is inside everybody's head. Except Emery's, because if he was in his head, he would understand what he <laughs> what he doesn't <laughs> want in the 97th minute. But what he does want is saves like this, and he, he's producing them. Yeah, it's a great save. He, he reads them so easily. Damsgaard has to score, though. He's, but he just falls a little Dutch fellow with his finger in a dike there. It was incredibly... <laughs> Incredibly bad from Damsgaard. Full goal to aim at, and he just hits it straight at Martinez's stomach. Yeah. Matt Cash at the back post. Talk about getting your foot through it. What what, what would Trezeguet do in this position? It's such <laughs> such a good ball from Pau Torres. We need to see more of this. Like whipping around. Like I know he's playing great balls, but these crosses, especially when Luka Dean isn't there. Why, <laughs> why is Matt Cash trying to nick it in? Just trying to... like give a little suggestion to the ball that it should go into the bottom corner there just hit that figure you're so close in the ball's coming at such pace and angle just hit it it'll go in yeah that, and that's why is that's exactly why you tell your wide players to come in at the back post if an overhit cross comes in you might get there but that is exactly why one of your wide players shouldn't be Matty Cash as well and why why has he gone for that with the outside of his boot it's insane I actually think it surprises him it surprises him that it comes and it surprises him how easily he gets in front of his man I think but he has to be able to react to that and just open up his foot but I think the winner from an Aston Villa point of view is Jacob Ramsey this was this wasn't good. Uh, again, a lovely ball from Diego Carlos to Watkins. We've seen this before from these two. Everything looks really tight. Everybody's back. It's set up, and Diego Carlos can pinpoint it through to Watkins. I have a needle almost, and he puts it onto his head, and it's presented like a butler on a velvet pillow for Jacob Ramsey. And his first touch off his hip is perfect. Put right down in front of his right foot, bouncing up for him. We've seen this before. Watkins dropping it off for the oncoming Jacob Ramsey. Just bang that in, and I don't know what happened. It, it like, looked like no composure, which is really strange from Jacob Ramsey. Yeah, I think this would have been our best goal of the season had it gone in. I mean, the pass from Carlos is brilliant. The header from Watkins is absolutely ludicrous because he makes the decision very late to where he wants to play it there. And the run from Jacob Ramsey, because Jacob Ramsey's actually peeling off uh, Watkins his shoulder in the other direction and then he sees the space opening up and he runs into that and the two of them are just in sync and that decision's made in this in a split second and you're right to point out the touch on the hip I mean that like, that is just really high level stuff from a professional footballer sorry not from a professional footballer <laughs> that's why Jacob Ramsey is a footballer because he realizes <laughs> he can roll the ball with all their parts of your body and he just nudges it right into his right foot exactly where he wanted to 
my god. Oh, like imagine imagine that goes in and you're the other team next week, the week after you're trying to analyze Villa and looking at all the goals they score and you see this as well. It's like for fuck's sake. They have everybody back and they can just do that. You know, defender to Watkins and we're opened up. And you can see Watkins gets excited because uh, I started watching this thing because I remembered I've pointed this out before. Diego Carlos playing one of these passes through the middle to Watkins, basically. And Watkins comes alive when Diego Carlos has the ball. I think he knows he has this in his locker. So it's just one to keep an eye on. And then Damsgaard had an, I think it was blown up for offside, but it might not have been offside. Overhead pass to Visa. And it was a ball over the top initially to Damsgaard. And he has this square for Visa. And he. Oh, Jesus, he makes a balls of it. And then the second half is the Ramsey corner and the Kamara, terrible header wide. And then the only other nomination I have, Alex Moreno saved this with one of those classic Alex Moreno last-ditch interceptions. Like, this led to a corner and Visa got the header that Martin has saved. And <laughs> I have written down... All started with Mad Cash down the right trying to take a left back on by running into him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that was the second massive chance that Mad Cash had conceded as well. It took a heavy touch in the first half that led to the Damsgaard chance, and then this one as well. It's, it's absolutely terrible. Luckily, Lewis Potter's touches is about his delegate as an Irish mother speaking to their daughter. I mean, what the fuck was that? <laughs> he runs over the ball and still manages to knock it behind him somehow. Fucking terrible stuff. And then Diego Carlos just comes bundling him behind it wow, because we know God. he's got no control over his limbs whenever he's under pressure and sprinting back towards his own goal. Absolute <laughs> shit show. And luckily, luckily Moreno gets it. Okay, we have to try and get through the Peter Enkelman what the fuck award. I mean, there was one uh, a classic of the this variety, but it's probably not going to feature heavily anymore. It's Kamara losing the ball thirty yards out, just you know, in the middle middle of the pitch. Moreno then straight after the goal that he basically conceded to pass to Visa. Visa scores the offside goal then, or sorry, this is not a, it's not a pass to Visa. It's a pass forward that's then played through to Visa. But geez, he just started panicking. Not when we needed it straight after the goal, and. Pau Torres got very lucky as well. He got closed down by Visa, and it's lucky it fell to Kamara. Uh, unlucky that I had to watch Pau Torres on the ground for a minute while we were behind. Like, get up, come on! This this game is flying by. Get up and get on with it. <laughs> I like. I was actually thinking, geez, would I take Pau Torres being injured here just to get rid of this fucking Visa cunt as well? What a pain in the hole he is. <laughs> <laughs> Leon Bailey. <laughs> Like this would have been the OG of all OGs. This would have been a world class OG. In fairness to Craig Butler, it's just, I mean, what what is going on here? Has he looked like he was running down the wing long enough to have a look? <laughs> he made up a lot of ground going in the wrong direction. Wrapped his foot around it. It's brilliant from Emmy Martin, as you have to say, because he doesn't get a lot on it. It just barely goes wide. I still thought it was going in, despite what he got on it. It was into the side netting. Martinez was really scrambling there, and he wasn't the first one to do it. I mean, Kamara blasted one at Emmy Martinez. At least that was accurate in the second half. It went to his chest, and Zaniolo, I remember from the other half, drilled one back as well. Just, just looking a bit ropey. But the Leon Bailey one, this would have been, this would have been worse than Peter Rinkelman. This would have been worse than Pepe Reina. Worse than any of the ones you can remember down through the seasons. Like the worse than Kamara pushing someone in the throat and getting sent off when when Emmy Martinez is just having a bit of fun. 
<laughs> a nomination, by the way, for the What the Fuck Award, but there's no beating this Leon Bailey moment. He, he must have been imagining having to face Craig Butler and not having scored today. I mean, that like that must have been it. Craig, like Craig Butler's put his neck on the line and says he scores every game. Leon <laughs> Bailey thought this is my chance. <laughs> I mean, Martin has just gone drifting <laughs> off his blind. What the fuck is he playing at? It's it's absolutely insane. Leon Bailey's far too good for that. It's a bad decision. He doesn't need to do it either. There's midfielders inside. Playing it back to Martinez like that was crazy. And playing it back to him so badly is absolute nuts. Nuts is right. It really is a what the fuck moment. The Paul Merson, ah, oh, that's just filthy. I already talked about Bubakar Kamara. It's going to take some beating, but Kanza with his feet driving through the middle almost looked like Nathan Collins playing for Ireland driving through the middle <laughs> stepping stepping around challenges and he plays it to Cash thinks he's getting a 1-2 he's not getting a 1-2 off Cash Cash takes the biggest turn that you can imagine into two players that he doesn't even look to see if they're there just turns away from the action turns into two players falls over Kanza is furious we had just said these players don't crack up at each other talking about what great camaraderie they have great spirit they'll run back anyway but we also said it only seemed to be when Matt Cash was playing that they cracked up and we saw it again today <laughs> it's very it's, I, I could imagine playing in that game as well today though and you're playing shit yourself and all your teammates are playing shit it's so easy so easy to drift into being a whinging little cunt but most of the time it's just because you're playing badly yourself and you're feeling shit about that you let Glenn Whelan take a 90th minute penalty award. <laughs> I know I'm picking on him. But Matt Cash got a lot of game time out there today. I, I, I was surprised he didn't come off at halftime. Uh, like, to be fair, I was probably surprised Moreno lasted that long as well. And I'm glad he did. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Matt Cash could have come off at halftime. I think I think the game needed something different. I think it was a bit str- I think we I think we overthought the game. I mean, there was no reason for us to to set up like that against Brentford. I mean, Brentford haven't been good in the last four or five weeks. They they've had a terrible run of results. There was no reason to go into that game with as much fear, despite how bad we are away from home. I can understand maybe that's what he was thinking. He was thinking how aggressive Brentford are. But we didn't need to set up like that. We didn't need to have Matty Cash starting the game. I know Leon Bailey probably didn't have it on his legs to play the full game, but there was all our solutions to that. And I think we can all now just agree that Matt Cash playing either at wing back or right side of midfield isn't an option that's worth contemplating anymore. No, he got 65 minutes. I mean, he, like, he could even throw in Moussa Diaby into a nomination for the you like Glenn We didn't take a 90th minute penalty award because this game is just not for Moussa Diaby. We, we would have known that before. Sorry, it's not for Moussa Diaby as a striker. We talk about this all the time. He just he, he gets swallowed up in the middle. He doesn't know where to go. He should, he should, be, he should have been outright. I wonder about that. Like, like, Brentford were so deep. You would have thought that players with the creativity and the... The nice of Moussa Diaby would be exactly the type of player that you want, but he he was making a lot of bad decisions on the ball. Couldn't get himself set, couldn't get himself turned, couldn't get the ball out of his feet quickly enough, couldn't rattle the pass into Watkins when it was on quickly enough, looked at Matt Cash a couple of times, refused it, that's not that big a deal, and you know played the ball back to Kanza, <laughs> took the safe option too much. Whenever you're playing against a bank of 10 players and a goalkeeper behind them, 
you have to take a lot more risks and you have to understand that if you do lose the ball trying something, which Musa Diaby probably wouldn't have either. That's the most frustrating thing. I know Musa Diaby can play a ball into Ollie Watkins' feet. Brentford have got nobody within 70 or 80 yards of our own posts. It's fine to take the risk in that situation, particularly when you've got people like Ezra Kanza in your back three. Like he's going to be able to cover it. Don't worry about it. Alex Moreno will get back. Take the risk. Let's push this game a little bit because we know Brentford aren't going to. Mm. Musa Diaby disappointed me today from just from the point of view he's been dropped for a few games and he gets his chance today and whatever about not playing well he seemed like he was asleep for most of the games just getting caught in the ball surprised if somebody would be coming up his arse I thought that that would be the last thing somebody who has been dropped who's, who's had a, a basically a shot fired across their boils is boils that right or bow Bow boils is like what goes through your body. Fire across your bow is on the, the boot. The bow with the boot. Yeah. So I, I thought somebody <laughs> who's had a shot fired across their bow, they get the warning shot and they come out and at and the, the, the very least they would be tuned in, alert, thinking about what what is the danger. Yeah, yeah, you would you would come. <laughs> I mean, in fairness to me, if you, if you got a shot fired across your boils as well, you would think twice. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Sherwood, who played two number 10s and bamboozled them award, he brought John Duran on, he brought Leon Bailey on, brought them on for Diaby and Cash. Maybe 65 minutes too late, some people might say. But he <laughs> threw caution to the wind, he got them on. Got Zaniolo on for Pau Torres then as well at 1 1, wasn't happy that it was all square he went he went for the jugular he went for the for the win and we got the win and we've got an incredible amount of wins i think it's 25 wins now in 2023 just our whole lives have just changed very suddenly it just, just happens doesn't it like a, <laughs> that's a quote yeah. change comes like a like a little wind that ruffles the curtains at dawns yeah that was, that was better than your whole boy boy boils <laughs> moment but, but you're right like yeah the changes that we made were good the changes that we made were absolutely needed though and it's not exactly the type of thing that i would expect on Emery to not see i'm a little bit surprised and just see it at halftime and think ah maybe i'll change this i mean villa had control of the game had control of the ball brentford offered nothing like i said they had i think brentford averaged a pass every 30 seconds at home like that is absolutely pathetic and maybe that's what Unai Emery was thinking if i just have the patience here we'll win this game we just need to calm down wait for the chances to come but the chances weren't coming and then he did react what do you think of his scarf <laughs> nice wintery colors lovely lovely scarf honestly if you were going to draw a picture of a dapper man in a in winter scarf that would be the colors you would pick the smart coat which i just figured out that's what you call it. it's called a smart coat because i need one i had to go to a funeral there a few weeks ago don't worry not not anybody i know Personally, somebody that I what know. What the fuck are you doing at it? <laughs> somebody I know knows the person. And I was freezing. You got a shy coat, you get caught out days like that. And you see everybody standing with their smart coats, as I again found out that's what they were called. And I've made a decision. I need to get one. I just need to get one. And you know, Emery wearing one has sold it. If I had any reservations, you know, Emery is basically the mannequin in the shop that is wearing the clothes that are going to look way better on the mannequin when you put it on then, but it's never going to look as good as it did on Unai. Do you know who I think would appreciate hearing this a lot more than me, Connor? Unai Emery. Why don't you write him a letter? Send him a voice note. (laughs) I will write him a letter. The Vimin meter going up. 
going up. John McGinn is going up because every time we had a throw-in, nobody was interested, especially when Conza had one, Moreno had one a few times, and John McGinn was the only one that was moving and, and everybody knew it was going to be John McGinn receiving it and he still got it. He still got it every time he sidestepped. <laughs> he threw boys out of his way. He, he did whatever he could to get in front of his marker and get the ball back to the throw-in taker. Yeah, John McGinn, John McGinn threw himself around a lot during the, the game today and and, and even even though he got he got one of their players into it, did you remember that in the first half, John McGinn, the commentator told us, get someone into a bit of a headlock there in the end? Yeah, unbelievable. I, I know every time I've been grabbed into a headlock, Connor, it's made me fall to the ground away from the lock that my head is apparently in. What <laughs> fuck? Who was that moron on CoComs today? Fuck me. I don't know who it was. He, he was he was fairly annoying. I I did mute it at once. It's just because he's just talking so much rubbish, and it was Ben Me who was actually supposed to be in the in the headlock. But of course, it was John McGinn. We pointed this out before as well. It's always John McGinn and somebody else engaged in the box, just holding on to each other. Yeah, but sorry to get back to the point. John, John McGinn, John McGinn was good today. He didn't get involved in the nonsense either towards the end of the game, which you might have expected him to do. You might have expected him to stand in between players and arse them out of the way, but that probably would have just aggravated the situation. <laughs> Going up, Nicolo Zaniolo. I did not expect Nicolo Zaniolo to be the one with the cool head out there. <laughs> I did not think he'd be the one calming things down. Play it, the big Nico, and he'll hold boys off, and he'll carry it down the line, and he'll win a free over and over, and he'll win a throw-in over and over. He'll get us up the pitch. He did the job. Really bad game, the last Premier League match he played, and I think this was a a good shift for him when he came on. It was it was well needed. Yeah, Nicola was very, very good today when he came on. It was brilliant. Um, you're right to point out his holding the play, the ball up, decision-making to do that, carrying down the wing, waiting for the tackles to come in. He understood how much Brentford had lost the head and was waiting for him to foil him a lot of the times as well. Ah, he was brilliant when he came on. He was. Going up, Diego Carlos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure why you have a question mark after that. Yeah, I just I couldn't remember because he got mad in the match the last game. I couldn't remember how high this boy's going up now. But um, going up, Alex Moreno. I, th- I mean, definitely second half, Alex Moreno. But also, this is this. You're not going to get this. This is a vitamin meter rise for the ages because this boy was through the floor in the first half. I actually had written down, look at Dean is going up. Because his stock stock had risen in his absence. But Moreno dragged himself back in. And that's okay. You make mistakes. Andy Vyman made plenty of mistakes. Not everything he did did was perfect. But he chased back anyway. He chased forward again. He ran. He was honest. He just kept working. And that's what Alex Moreno did. And he got himself in the way at the other end. Interception. Got himself forward at the other end. And he worked his way back into the game. And he started driving forward. I forgot how fast he was. He just he can get his acceleration's incredible. You give it to him in a tight area, and he can actually just run away from people as well. It's just that like Jesus, if he's fit, like this is going to be a whole new dimension now as well. Despite with him and Luca Dean, and Luca Dean, let's be fair, is probably second only to Ezri Konza in terms of people who deserve a break this season. Because you see, the Konza's just not allowed one. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's probably the kindest description anyone's ever given. Andreas Weidman was saying, not everything he did was perfect. <laughs> but there was a stage where it looked like uh, Moreno had been swallowed up over in the wing as well, because Brentford did 
press quite well, particularly in the first half. And he just clipped the ball in between the two players and was all of a sudden he was on the halfway line, just running away from them. It was brilliant. I think he played a decent ball after that as well. But no, Alex Marino, it's, it's, we almost forgot what he was, what he was capable of. He should have yeah. scored a hat-trick in the first half just from the fact that he's so fast, understands how to get in at the back post, keeps running, keeps going. That one, the ball was just bouncing off him that you mentioned. I mean, absolutely ridiculous how he scored from that. The, the, the finish was terrible, but the fact that he got this chance to have a shot was absolutely ridiculous. It, re- it really is incredible that he is going up. I'm just remembering the first half now because it shows you what, like, the shift that he put in the second half because that goal that we gave away was disgraceful. And the, the, well, one of the chances are just, just not taking the shot early enough it was disgraceful in itself, and he missed two other big, big enough chances. So, like, he was. He was. I was not feeling good about Alex Marino, and, and this this was included even with the sympathy I had for him in his first game. I, I knew there were circumstances to it as well. It still didn't matter to me as we're chasing a title here. Come on, we need to get <laughs> get the boys on board. Going down, David Coote. You, you mentioned him, like, but the the no yellow card for Lewis Potter. The, Jesus Christ! The pool. What? Like, what? That's embarrassing. Like, she, like oh, what? You know, Howard Webb is going to come on. In a few weeks again, and you're going to go through all these decisions again. Like that, that, that is the worst decision that you're going to see over the next few weeks in the Premier League. Like he's essentially sexually harassed Paul Torres. I mean, <laughs> fuck me, what was that about? There was another one later on when Leon Bailey puts on a perfect tackle to win the ball back, and he gets a yellow card for it. And the the drop ball in the first half. I mean, like why is David Coote auditioning for Memento during a Premier League game? Like, leaving aside the fact that Guy <laughs> Pierce has already been cast and the film was made over 20 years ago, he's supposed to be refing a game of football. Like, yeah. I understand why he might be thinking of a career pivot, to be honest, because he's fucking terrible in his current role. <laughs> it's it's not a good fit, and I can see why he might be attracted to a career where he gets to pretend to be someone else as well. But, <laughs> like, th- this isn't the time or place. Like, how can you not remember what was happening 30 seconds ago? Like you've got the ball in your hand, David, because someone gave it to you thirty seconds ago. Who was it? Like I don't even, I don't even need you to remember their face, just the color of their fucking shirt. And look, maybe the fact that he was drowning out there, and the Villa players were wearing a water camo shirt, he couldn't see who our players were. Maybe that's what the problem was. An absolutely performance from the ages by David Good. It was dreadful. One that I don't know if it's going up or down yet, but I am worried, and I want to just highlight it, that it's on the watch list. It's on the Vimin Meter watch list. It's Douglas Louise seems to be back with Alicia Lehman, and we know that Douglas Louise's form seemed to get better when he was a single man. <laughs> so I'm not saying we need to be judging jury on it just yet. We There will be a time when we will need to be judging jury on his relationship. But I don't think it's yet. But it's just it's just worth keeping an eye on. Douglas Louise became a single man and became the best player in the Premier League. So yeah. it, it if just only hope. there was something else happening in and around that time as well. Only <laughs> <laughs> yeah. somebody with a smart coat and a lovely scarf had arrived at Villa Park. Anybody else that you want to mention going up or down? John Duran, John Duran put in some shift after he came on. There was a moment as well where the ball was dropping out of the sky in the corner of her own box on the byline and he's pushed Moreno out of the way. said, I've got this one and just fucking spanked it off the field. But it was the push on Moreno, the confidence just to tell him to go out of the way and just had an absolute welly of it up the pitch. It was brilliant. 
and just after he came on as well, he got the ball, he had a swivel at the edge of the box, and he had a shit shot. But I was just thinking, why not? Why the fuck not? We're not doing anything else. Let's have a few shots. You're right, John. In fairness, for his right foot, it wasn't that bad. Well, it wasn't that bad because the keeper reacted so slowly. If it was on target, it actually might have gone in. But um, John Duran is so fast as well. I would love to see him and... I'd love to see him and Darwin Nunes in a race because they're two of the most deceptively fast people in the world in any sport, I think. Yeah, that's absolutely it's terrifying, the, the, the amount of space that he can just cover up. Sometimes I think my stream has just glitched because he just seems to be 10 yards further on the pitch than he should be. <laughs> the only question we can't answer, but probably will, is do you think Roy Hodgson and Pep Guardiola had a little glass of wine after their game together? <laughs> Did you see Roy Hodgson laughing, laughing in Pep Guardiola's face, not having any of it? I didn't. I didn't see that, Conor. I, I, I tend to not watch Manchester City games whenever they're playing against a team like Crystal Palace because all I can imagine is this is going to be so shit. Why would I give any of my time to watching it? Turns out I was wrong on this occasion, Conor. And not only that, not only did the game seem pretty exciting, turns out now you're just revealing to me live on air that I might have missed the greatest moment of the Premier League season. Yeah, type in Roy Hodgson. They've just gotten the penalty or just scored a penalty. Pep Guardiola's cracking up. Hodgson just makes it his business to turn around, stare at him and start laughing. It's burning. They definitely didn't have a drink together. Talk about, talk about two people not made to have a drink together. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the only other update I have is the, the fantasy. I, I took another minus eight to me whole season Listen, let, let's let's go back to yeah. talking about that thing that i didn't see let's go back to talking let's see i'm sure we can knock <laughs> a bit more crack out of that than fucking talking about fantasy football i'd yeah. say i'd say that wasn't the first time pep guardiola was drinking on his own let's put it that way i'd say pep guardiola sends out messages on these whatsapp group non-stop and not once does anybody think yeah i, I might as well i might as well go for a pint with him <laughs> Minus eight, and he got Son and Alvarez in, and they did absolutely nothing. Trent Alexander Arnold had a bit of success, but um, I did all right, though, in fairness. Oh, so really. you think yeah. drawing at home against Manchester United is a bit of success? Yeah, he's getting three bonus points for whipping a few crosses onto people's heads. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a bad watch, by the way, as well. That was, that was pretty hard to watch. But you know what? We yeah. don't need to worry about that. We're level on points with Liverpool now. We're one point off the top, and let's be honest, Arsenal are going to win the league. So right now we are in position. We're on. We're on level points with the pace setters. <laughs> All we need to do is keep that up. Going pretty well. It's going pretty well. And I was actually thinking just before the Man United Liverpool game started that the worst thing I'd seen in a football pitch was David Coote's performance. Then I saw United starting front free. My God, what a pile of absolute shit! And I'm not surprised to hear that Trent Alexander Arnold got bonus points. <laughs> okay we are gonna wrap it up we've got sheffield united at home next friday night i don't think the podcast will be next friday night for you that are still here listening i think we'll we'll struggle to get a saturday like it could be friday it could be saturday it could even be christmas eve but please bear with us it is silly season we know none of you well some of you aren't really commuting anymore as well so hopefully it's not going to be as pressing and need to get it to you <laughs> Hopefully it's a straightforward enough game that we really don't need to come on hot here after after the podcast. But just follow us on the social channels and we'll keep you posted. Sorry for not being more definitive. It's just that time of year. 
And look, it's, it's it's the only time of year. It's Christmas. We're all making plans. We're all getting together. And I hope you're doing the same, man. I hope you enjoy it. But we will be chatting to you before Christmas at some stage. You can take my word for that. Thanks again for listening. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 